0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Right Way. And Ria and I are over the moon about this episode that we have coming at you today. Um, our our industry special guest is Jessica Zweig. Jessica is the CEO and founder of the seven-figure personal branding agency Simply be And she's got a book coming out. Her book comes out next month. It's highly anticipated. And we honestly like... Couldn't be more excited about the conversation that you're about Absolutely.
1: to Absolutely. So I got to geek out over Jessica for a second. So she and I, we go back well over a decade um, when she had her first startup, Cheeky Chicago, which was a digital women's magazine that I was actually the managing editor for and really got to know her through that. We left that gig together, went and worked for Corporate America um, for this crazy billion dollar company before she went off on her own to start the Simply Be agency. And I've really been, you know, an observer of her success for so many years. I've been a partner throughout her book journey, and you're going to hear so many amazing pieces of advice on a step-by-step journey and what it takes to really land a book deal and what you need to do if you're really shooting for that, you know, high goal, landing a six-figure book deal. You know, she is no stranger to success herself. She is an award-winning entrepreneur. She's literally one of the nation's most preeminent personal branding experts. She's been named in Crane Chicago's 2020 most notable entrepreneurs, one of the top digital marketers to watch. Uh, She's been named a personal branding expert by Forbes. She was on the Chicago Tribune's top 10 entrepreneurs to follow. She's received the Stevie Award for the Female Entrepreneur of the Year. Um, And she also happens to be the host of one of my favorite weekly podcasts called the Simply Be Podcasts, which has been named one of the top 20 marketing podcasts on iTunes. Um, she her podcast is amazing because she does interview like huge, amazing guests, and then she intersperses that with these really soulful, spiritual solo episodes. Um, we're so excited today. She's talking um, in depth about her publication journey but also about her upcoming book, Be a No Bullshit Guide to Increasing Your Self-Worth and Net Worth by Simply Being Yourself, which drops on February 16th. Um, So sit back, (laughs) relax, and enjoy this chock-full, informative episode with my dear friend and just amazing human being, Jessica Zweig. Hey guys, welcome to Right Way, a podcast where we give you insight to make informed decisions about your writing career. I'm your host, Rhea Fry, multi-published author and CEO and founder of Right
0: Way. And I'm Joe Tower, writer, media producer, and rightway's executive editor. On this podcast, Rhea and I will take an inside look at the publishing industry with honest and straightforward shop talk. So
1: when you do get published, you'll know exactly what to do the right way. Jessica Zweig, <laughs> we welcome are. to the right way podcast. This is so exciting to have. We're
0: just like crackling with anticipation about we this are. episode. I'm telling you, favorite. Guest. Oh my gosh, I, <laughs> I so, am
1: too. So exciting. So, we're literally gonna dive right in because I feel like you have so much to share about your path to publication. And what's so special about your journey in particular is the order in which you did everything. Because I feel like most people are in such a rush to publication that we all skip (laughs) some super fundamental steps that can help solidify the big book deal like you got. So I I really kind of want to rewind before you decided to write a book and instead really talk about, begin talking about how you decided to build your brand first. So where did that start for you and what does the term personal brand even mean? Because I feel like a lot of people don't get it. Yeah, totally. Well, thank
2: you for start starting with that question because with my book and my platform, I really want to redefine personal branding because it is so misunderstood and there are so many stigmas around what this space is actually about. So, you know, we go way back, Rhea, it's like amazing full circle to be on your podcast. Um, but, you know, I started... My first business, you know, Simply Be Agency is my second company. So I guess that can technically make me like a serial entrepreneur. Like I've done a couple, this is my second one. My first one was a magazine that you and I actually worked at together. Yes, we did. Which was like such a chapter. And seven years running this very wildly popular from the outside, like successful women's lifestyle magazine in the city of Chicago for seven years as face and founder. And I started that company in 2008, which I really say, even in my book, is like kind of the dawn of of social, you know, and this whole new world of digital. And I just got social media from like the second I got on Facebook and Twitter, I had an instinct for the way it worked and how to communicate and how to connect and how to grow community. And this was really in the beginning days when there was no Instagram or Pinterest, mm-hmm. it was really just Facebook and Twitter. And I just had a real instinct for it. And so as face and founder of this magazine, like I was putting myself out there very organically to promote my business. And over the course of those seven years, my brand as Jessica grew simultaneously. And I, I of course, created my own Facebook account, my own Twitter account, of course, and in time, my own Instagram account in tandem with the business's social accounts. And when I left Cheeky to start what is now Simply Be, I found that there was more power and clout and credibility in my own personal brand platforms than the business itself. Mm. And that was my aha moment around this space. And this was around 2014. So I ran it for seven years, left in 2014. And I got clients overnight to take, to take this new business, which by the way, had no model, had no, you know, marketing strategy. It was just, I just really wanted to get the fuck out of cheeky to be honest and go (laughs) off and do my own thing. And it was very reactionary, not proactive at all. And yet I was able to get five figures of revenue of client work within a week because of my own personal brand. And I was just so struck by that. And so I decided I would, one, not only go deeper with my own personal brand to get to architect it, to be intentional, to be authentic and to get it really right. Cause it was this asset that I had. I was like, holy shit, I can really leverage this. But then I was like, I want to teach other people to do this too. And that was really the dawn of Simply Be and what became now a personal branding agency where we help hundreds of thousands of people around the world do this. And, you know, I talk to you a lot about this, Rhea. Obviously, we've talked nauseam in the best way for years about the power of an author platform before yep. you go off to write a book. And I had, I had kind of done it. Like by the time I was ready to write this proposal and pitch it to an agent, I had had the platform. I had the community. I knew my voice. I knew what story I wanted to tell. I knew what my audience wanted from me. And so that was really the sort of springboard into creating the proposal. And, and, you know, you know, the story, I got an agent
1: within a week. I got four, we're going to go into all of it. We're going to walk people through (laughs) because I feel like that's really going step-by-step through your journey is so Mm -hmm. important. But one thing you said that I want to ask, because some people, are like, oh, well, I could never have a personal brand then because I'm not on social media or I'm not going to put my effort there. Do you think you can have an effective personal brand without being out there in the digital world? Well, let's zoom up for a second and answer actually the question of like, what is a
2: personal brand? Yeah. And then I'll answer that question because it's such a good one. I think the personal branding, if you are doing it well and you are doing it right, it is not. An act of vanity, self promotion. It's an act of service. It's an act of service. <laughs> I know. I know. I like. I memorize all of your, <laughs> your stuff. It's so amazing. It's my, I it's love it. <laughs> one of my most consistent sound bites. Is we're it to is. say it on yep. every single podcast for the rest of my life. So mm-hmm. it's the truth, though. And like people have this misconception. It's like, well, no. I'm very spiritual, as you know, and I believe that we are all here for a reason. And we have a unique imprint. We have a unique DNA and value to share with the world. And it is not just an opportunity, like we get to either choose or not. It's in fact, your responsibility to share your gifts and your heart and what you know to help other people. That's why we're on planet earth. And so when you come from that place and you look at, okay, if I put myself out there with articulation and consistency and clarity and emotional affinity, all the things that make a great brand, whether you're a person or a product, then that's that's going to connect in your unique way to your unique sure. client. Set. And that's mm-hmm. really what I'm teaching in the book. And so in my view, whether you have a mega personal presence on the internet or you have zero, you still have to think about your brand because you interface yeah. with people and you you leave an impression and you tell a story wherever you go, no matter if it's online or offline and becoming self-aware of how you show up is the biggest act of empowerment that you can give to yourself. Is just knowing and embodying how you do you. It's just, it's a superpower. And so when it comes to launching a book or trying to get a book deal and like, do I need a personal brand? Do I need social media? I mean, I will say that I think the reason I got the deal I got is because Mm -hmm. of my platform. Right. So Mm
0: -hmm.
2: you do have to think about your goals. And I say this all the time to my clients. It's like, whether you self-publish or you get a deal, you still need to sell your book and you need an audience to do that. And so I've seen authors like our friend Alita and I've, you know, my friend Lola, like they've gotten, you know, agents and deals and they don't have as big of a platform say as, as me or whatever, Plenty of other people have larger platforms than I do, but they were able to sort of share their value of reaching people in a different way. Like I'll just use Alita. She's top of mind. She works with big companies. Like that's a huge client set for her. And so I think she put in her proposal, a part of her marketing plan that she was going to leverage all of her big major companies to do book buys um, as an audience. Like she's more focused on LinkedIn and speaking engagements. And so that was going to be her angle from, you know, another casting a wide net to a different audience. So do you need to blow your Instagram up and your Facebook and your Twitter to get a book deal? No, but it's not going to hurt
1: you. It's a hundred percent. All right. (laughs) Yeah. That's,
0: (laughs) that's the, that's the gilded prison right there. I mean, it Mm -hmm. it really is helpful. I mean, we do have to, I do, we definitely want to get into talking about like the, the the book like that it's so it's such an important time for you the book comes out in a little over a month but something you said I I find so interesting and I'm just curious for myself because I do feel like when it comes to social media and like the digital like digital presence I kind of I feel like I have two left hands so when you say you have like <laughs> an instinct for it like I find that super interesting and I'm curious a little bit what you mean by that and also if it's changed for you since since you've since that that moment, like when you first got on and, and sort of discovered that you had that you were savvy to it? Joe, I love this question so
2: much. <laughs> I really do, because we're talking to an audience, I believe, of mainly writers, right? Or mm-hmm. aspiring writers. So I was always a writer myself ever since I was a little girl. And I, you know, I went to school for theater and I became an artist, but even Cheeky My Magazine and so what I do is simply be in my book now. I mean, it's always come back to writing. Mm-hmm. And when I first got on Facebook, I was like, this is a medium to, this is an art. This yeah. is a different form of art. This is a place to, you know, I was an actress. So I was like, I could perform it in my own way, but just using language. I was, a, you know, much more of a, a communicator than I thought I was. And so my instinct was just to tell stories mm-hmm. through bite-sized captions basically that came from my heart that I wrote from my soul that sure were quippier than like writing a, an essay yeah. or a, a blog, but were were actually more fun and easy to kind of pump out because I love to write. And mm-hmm. so if you look at social media, if you're a writer as like almost as this like fun creative adventure to sort of- ch- test your writing chops and use your writing chops in a new way that's actually, it can feel like a drag, like, oh my God, I have to write three to five captions a week to keep up, like whatever. Sure. But if you kind of reverse engineer it or like, this is just an opportunity for me to like, write some really beautiful prose and shape it up into a hundred or 200 words or less and publish it on the internet. That's what I mean when I had that instinct, I just, I really was able to meld my passion with writing for, um, telling like really great, compelling stories and connecting with people online.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then your question about, has it changed? I'm so glad you asked me this because <laughs> I have a fucking chapter in my book yep. <laughs> <laughs> called the 10 evergreen principles of social media. Oh, and yeah, I, man. it's such a, it's actually one of my favorite chapters and it's literally, I hope people read it and are like they take a deep breath when it comes yeah. to their overwhelm with social because yeah. There's so many new apps and algorithm changes and, you know, updates like your head could fucking spin. And what I'm saying in the book is like, actually, none of that matters. Here are the golden things that work and that worked 10 years ago that work today and will work tomorrow. And that's, it's all about adding value, creating relationships, being accessible when people reach out to you, paying it forward, staying consistent, not airing your drama, Like, Mm -hmm. these are the things that work and really make you shine on the internet. And you don't need to be Instagram, Twitter, Facebook aficionados to have a really clear and awesome and engaged presence online. You just don't.
0: God damn it, Jess, you make it sound so beautiful. I know, right?
1: (laughs) Well, I have a question about that because I love that you have the evergreen principles. You and I have talked a lot about the importance of creating evergreen content in general. And I really think your book will- will be one of those evergreen books, which is amazing. But when you, when you built your audience, so in your case, I really feel like Instagram kind of blew up for you. You have well over a hundred thousand followers and your podcast is such another amazing outlet where you have a very engaged audience, but will you talk about the most helpful audience building tips? currently for aspiring writers today? So like if if there's an aspiring nonfiction author, let's say who maybe doesn't have, you know, a huge author platform or huge social media presence, but they're trying to cultivate that, um, not necessarily all on social media, but what have you found in this day and age with the constant changing algorithms, with everyone fighting for noise and space, What can someone do to kind of cut through that and really focus on building their audience?
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, it's an amazing question. So I really, really abide by this principle. It's actually one of the principles in the book from that chapter of the principle of quality Mm -hmm. over quantity. Now, you do do need, if you want to sell a lot of books, if you want to, you know, there's power in numbers, no doubt, but really focusing on nurturing the audience that you do have so that they can become your ambassadors and share you and get their communities engaged to, on your behalf like that there you can put a strategy behind that i think one of the most powerful things that i've seen not only to grow my audience but to engage my audience is by giving away premium experiences content webinars inviting them into my mailing list showing up for them on zoom live i've done that a handful of times actually in 2021 And my engagement skyrocketed because my people got to know me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what, like, it's hard to get to, you can, you can show yourself on stories and lives, but like, it's still Instagram and people project so much shit and it's only a slice of you and people just want your presence. And Mm -hmm. when you can really show up and add value to people's lives, they're going to be with you forever. And so I created a couple different campaigns this year, whether it was my webinar, whether it was my Z- Zoom event, I just did actually a couple weeks ago, like my last week. It's so important to give your audience a reason to give a shit about your work other than like your posts. And sure. so that was a really powerful, um, Activity that I took this year was just really amplifying my list. I launched a society. So now I've actually grown my email list by a couple thousand people this year, which is more sacred to me, to be frank. Yes. And then another really important thing that I've done is partner up with like minded influencers, quote unquote, but influencers is such a loaded word people who have large platforms, who are Mm -hmm. similar in my space, who are the atmosphere of what I do. And I partner with them, tag them. You know, do joint lives with them, you know, share their content, create real reciprocity. That has been a key factor. Cause I actually heard this from Rachel Hollis on a podcast, which, you know, Rachel Hollis is now Rachel Hollis, but she said something uh, really interesting when she was launching Girl Wash Your Face about the power of permeation. I never forgot that mm. word. Like, how do you permeate well, from like your that. own, right? From your own direct audience, which is, which is only going to be so big to the audiences of your audiences of your audiences. Make sense? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so the, any chance that you can get in front of someone else's audience and add value, do it. it I mean, it'll it'll add exposure to you. I've, I've gotten quite a bit of really loyal followers from being on Kathy Heller's live or doing a joint live with Alexander Roxo, another fellow author, It Sounds True. Um, you know, I, I'm on podcasts right now, like podcasts are a really very powerful medium to get exposure. I was, you know, I've been on a couple podcasts in the last few months and I get direct messages on Instagram. I heard you on such and such podcast. I love your content. I'm going deep on all of your podcasts now. So the name of the mm. game is really, I think adding like higher value than what you can provide on social, take people into your world, show up for them, get them to like fall in love with you, engage with you and give them the best of what you've got and do it for free for the purposes of growing an audience and then get yourself out there on as many platforms of other people's channels as you can.
1: And it's a job. I mean, that's, that's yeah. an investment in time yeah. and it, it is work. I mean, but for you and as for so many people who have really taken the time to do that, it does pay off in ways that, that really matter.
2: Yeah, and you got to think about like, how badly do you want
1: it? Yeah. You know, <laughs> like yeah. what are your goals, you
2: know? Yeah. And if you, if you want to have a best-selling book, if you want to hit a list, if you want to grow your business, if you want to get the book deal, you, you gotta, you gotta put it in the time. It takes Absolutely. nothing, nothing, all the successful people you see on the internet work their asses off to get there. No one's an overnight success. No one. Completely. Yeah.
0: Um, so, I mean, I think uh, I'd love to, to discuss more about like Rhea said earlier at the top, like sort of the order that you've done things in is so interesting. And I think, you know, our listeners, and in particular, a lot of our nonfiction clients, people that have brands, companies, and maybe are thinking about writing a book, um, or or have always wanted to write a book. Um, I, When in this process, did it become evident to you? When in your journey, did it become evident to you that a book was going to be part of this process? Or did it come late? Did it Was it sudden or had you always planned on it? Or did that come first? Where where did that, where did the impetus land?
2: Um, When Rhea Fry kicked my (laughs) ass and told me to write a book.
1: I did, I remember that moment, like specifically, I was like, oh my God, you have to write a book. Like you've proven the concept, you need a book, it's your call. There you
0: go. There's your answer, everyone, Everyone right way Fry
1: kick your ass. That's Just all you Just
0: Fry kick your ass. That's <laughs> step one of writing a book basically. Yes, there you um, go. Well, it's amazing. So, you, you know, you, you, you also said that you knew you had a sense, especially when you started Simply B, like uh, you really knew what your audience wanted you, especially like in, in developing your personal brand. So how did you prove the concept of a need for a book to your audience? once that you cut once Rhea kicked your ass into gear about that. <laughs> well, you know,
2: I actually want to, I, I want to shed a bit more light on that yeah. that moment. Cause I remember that moment too, but it was like a series of moments because yeah. Rhea was like, you need to write a book. And I was like, you're, you're right. I do. I should. And then I, you know, I was like, what, what does it take Ria? And she's like, well, this is a book proposal template and yeah. go. And I was like, but can't you help me do it? And you, you were like, no, you need to do it. And I remember flying to Nashville. Yes. I'll never, we went to that bowling alley place. That was like part yeah. cafe, Pine part Island. bowling alley. Uh-huh. Yes. And we were sitting it's where in the all cafe.
0: dreams come true. That's I right. think we know that. Yeah. This is like a
2: swanky social club. It's <laughs> yes. oh, right, social. Right, right. Yeah, it was a very like hip hipster bowling alley. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I remember flying to Nashville to, to, see you and to talk about my book and I, I didn't have, I mean, when it comes to the book proposal, I could write the, uh, author bio, mm-hmm. I could do the marketing plan like all day. What was really the toughest part was like, what the fuck is my book? Exactly. And I had said to Ria I, I, it's so many words. I don't know if you remember this, but I was like, I think I, I don't know what I need to write about. I think I want to write a memoir. And you were like, Jessica, no, no, one knows you. No, no one cares. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's
0: just, such <laughs> a tough sell. <laughs> Ah, that that classic fried dose of yeah. I know.
2: Sorry, but it's so true. It's amazing. (laughs) Give it to me all day. And you were so right. And honestly, to this day, when people tell me, like nonfiction authors, that they want to write a memoir, I'm like, "Mm, yeah, not not yet. (laughs)
0: Not (laughs) yet. give,
2: Give
1: people something
2: to to value about you (laughs) first and then they'll care about who you are more and then your memoir can be your second book so I remember Rhea just saying to me like well what can you write 50,000 words about yep and I was like well I personal branding like I, I had been Running my business for about two and a half years, at that point, I had created this methodology. I had trademarked it. It was working. My mm-hmm. business was thriving. It was teaching. It was so teachable and tangible in like mm-hmm. client form and, and workshop presentations. I was like, I could put this all into a book, and really take people through it like in this very tactical way. And that was really the um, the impetus for the beginning of my book proposal, which is actually the book proposal that I ended up writing and I ended up pitching and it kind of took takes people on a journey from you know demystifying personal branding get it out of your head that it's an act of ego you deserve to shine you need to be real and authentic that's what it's about here's the roadmap to build it and then here's what you need to do actually when this book is done to go live your life and be inspired because it's it's how you'll inspire other people essentially and and the book was kind of dry at first, and it was actually Rhea Fry again who kicked my ass and was like, <laughs> where are you in this book? And don't just be an expert, but take people through your journey and your story. And that is a really where I think the book kind of comes to life and is is quite is quite inspirational and magical because I'm really transparent about my own rock bottom moment of, you know, before Simply Be, I was – and after Cheeky, like in between, I mean, we we went – bankrupt, basically cheeky. Like we we had no money. I was broke for a long time. And the book is self-worth to net worth. And I actually, net worth is almost a misnomer. I don't really talk about finances in the book at all. It's like net worth is in my view, a metaphor for whatever success looks like to you. That could be money in the bank. It could be freedom to travel and live where you want. I mean, it's so up for your own interpretation, but you have to believe in yourself first that you are worthy of the life that you desire. And then I'm going to teach you how to build it with this, with this roadmap. And that, to be honest, like everything I just explained actually came out in the writing of the book itself, but I had to have that clarified position with the proposal in the first place to get the deal. And that 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 foundation hasn't changed and that but that part took me a year to write the proposal just to figure I, the out.
1: proposal i remember you saying the proposal was so much harder than Hands writing down. the book because it's Yeah. You're having to create this roadmap or blueprint from nothing essentially. I mean, but the great, the great thing about your book and why I think it flew out of you is because you did know that content backwards and forwards, but having to sell the idea of that and build that proposal is a lot of freaking work. (laughs) It's so, it's
2: so hard. And on top of that, let me just say too, to your, to your listeners, like empathetically, it is, really challenging to think about an arc of a book, like beginning, middle, end, how does it all connect? What's the succession of chapters? How do you define the different sections? Like it's, I mean, you can, most people know how they want to open their book maybe and close it, but then there's like all the in-between and that was crazy challenging of structuring a fucking book. I mean. Thank
0: God I had you. <laughs> well, well, thanks. But I mean, yes. the,
1: the cool thing about that though, like the book proposal, and we always say it, it's really a content strategy because you have your marketing piece in there. You have all of this content in the chapter breakdown that you could use for blogs or podcasts or webinars or whatever. And you you have this document, this living, breathing document forever. But I would love for you to take us through. So yes, you got this proposal, You know, revised it, worked your ass off. On it, then what happened? What was your process like of landing an agent? What did you do next? Because I feel like a lot of people, this is where they get stuck. They've either written a book or, yeah, like, great, I have the proposal. Now, what do I do?
2: Yeah, I mean, again, I listen to Rhea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is a, riff, that's going to be a, riff, that's a refrain. Yeah.
2: I mean, I just want everybody to hear this. This is like one big yeah. epic advertisement for the right <laughs> way. Because you are like the fucking <laughs> real deal. And no one's We like,
0: love that. We love that. <laughs> the
2: truth. It's the truth. I mean, I, I am your best. I want to your probably your best case studies. But you are. It's because I followed everything you told me to do. And so. Hear this is that, actually, everybody. <laughs> it's the hear truth. That.
0: Write it down. Hear it. Write it down.
2: Let them be your. Fucking Sherpa and you will get a part deal. <laughs> it's so true. So I I loved actually this was actually a really fun part, actually. So you told me every author thanks their agent and their acknowledgments. Yes. So look at the books of the authors in your space, like women, entrepreneurs, people you want to aspire to be like, and go fucking pick up their book, yep. look at their acknowledgments and read them and, and seek out their agents. And it's a little bit of doc like you know, Sherlock Holmesing. You have sure. to kind of Google these names and find their websites. And so what I did is I went into those, I found top the top 10 agents from different authors that I look up to and Googled them, found their emails, found their submission forms. And I wrote my query letter and you helped me really do that. Ria was, was instrumental in that. And a query letter, as I understand it, is a very specific type of structure. Yep. You only have so much time to grab that agent's eye. And I found this top 10 list and we wrote those query letters. The agent that I had, I ended up choosing me, which I'll, I can get to in a second. We had a mutual connection with, a, with a, an aspiring author, Lori Harder, who I kinda knew through Instagram. And I shout out to Lori Harder because she, she really walks her walk when it comes to supporting other women. So I saw that her agent was Marilyn Allen and Alan O'Shea and I DM'd her and I was like, hi Lori, we, we kinda know each other. I see that mm-hmm. she's your agent and I'm about to pitch her. And is it okay if I drop your name and say we're friends? And she wrote me back and was like, hell yeah, girl of course, go get it. And I will, I actually thank Lori Harder and Harder my acknowledgements for that because yep. it was such a huge assist. And yep. I put Lori Harder's email in the subject line of that, of that query letter, like Lori Harder sent me. Now I also sent my book to a handful of other agents and I got okay. a couple other responses. And yet this one was my top choice. Mm-hmm. And she wrote me back. I talked to a couple other agents. They were kind of shopping me. I was shopping them. You really are shopping the agents and the publishers more than you think you are yes. actually as the author and yes. you know Marilyn and I talked and I actually remember this you were on you were I called Marilyn we t- talked and I kind of interviewed her and she interviewed me and she tells me like everything she does and how much she loves my book and what she's whatever and I hung up the phone and I called you Ria. you were on a Stairmaster at a gym yeah. remember <laughs> that <laughs> and I was like this is what she said and what should I do? You are like, call that woman right back right now and tell yeah. her you'll work with
1: her. Like yes. for sure. It was so <laughs> funny. Hey guys, raise your hand if you've heard about a little thing called Clubhouse. Um, This seems to be all the rage in terms of social media networking. Now, it's no secret that Joe and I are not huge fans of social media in general to promote our business, but what we are in favor of is networking with you so that you have direct access to ask us whatever you want to. So... Every Thursday at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time, Joe and I are going to be on Clubhouse talking about anything and everything with the publishing industry. You can ask us questions. We might even have a couple of fun uh, topics around pitching us, your book idea and shopping it in real time. So look for the Right Way Hour, W-R-I-T-E-W-A-Y, where we're going to be discussing all things in the publishing industry. We will have a link to the event in the show notes. So come check it out this Thursday at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time. Hope to see you there.
2: And so Marilyn became my agent and, you know, I was I had worked with Ria, so my, I think my proposal, I know my proposal was really rock solid. So Marilyn only wanted me to make a couple tweaks to it. Some agents, as I've understood, make you change a lot of it before yep. they'll pitch it. <laughs> um, but that process was like a couple weeks, and then she started pitching me, and she pitched me to like 40, 50 publishers. And this is a really important point I'd love to make to your audience too. And I'm sure you guys have talked about this, but you only need one yes. One yep. yes, say it all. One yes. Yep. Yep. You only need one yes. You, I got 39 no's. Like mm-hmm. that's the way it works. And you just have to kind of accept that. And like, I mean, it was like personal branding is too, you know, obscure. Yep. Um, we've heard this too much. You know, this is not the kind of business book we care to talk about. She doesn't have a big enough platform. Like you don't know what the fuck you're going to get. Um, and then I ended up getting, I got four, offers and um, it
1: amazing by the way unreal. <laughs> so unreal unreal yeah
2: yeah and you you told me it's so fun I just like really feel you're not we're sisters on such a spiritual level <laughs> and you were like telling me about how your books went to auction and how exciting that was for you and I really had that kind of experience in my mind and I think I manifested an auction because I I had sort of heard it about it from you and so it felt tangible and and i and real it it was an expander and so i i ended up getting four offers and to my point earlier about it being so not what you think it is when you talk to a publisher like you they are selling you they are you are coming on like the call thinking you're you're pitching them and you're this little like unknown lowly author, like, please pick me, please pick me. And it's the other way around. Right. Yep. yep. Completely. It's so, it was so mind boggling to me. And, um, at the end of the day, I mean, I got an offer from, um, sounds true. Macmillan, McGraw Hill, Harper Collins leadership and Ben Bella books. And my, um, it was so funny. All th- I ended up going with Macmillan sounds true because of all of the people that I, talk, I spoke to um, that editor spoke she resonated with the material she talked more about my book and my content than the rest of the others that talked about their sparkly marketing and sales departments and publicists right mm-hmm. and this was like this this woman that I really really loved Diana and I wanted I wanted to work with her she was like the person I wanted to write my book with and more than the sparkly sales, plans that these companies had and, or these publishers had. And so anyway, the long and the short of it is I was crossing my fingers for sounds true. And all of these other offers came in at the five figure mark, which was amazing. I actually wrote in my journal Ria that I wanted like $30,000 advance. Yeah. Like that was my goal. Well, this just goes to, I hope this is expansive for your audience. You know, like you just never fucking know. And then the offer came in from sounds true. And it was a six figure deal. And I was like, I actually read it. And the second I read it, I slammed my computer like shut. Cause I, could, I was like,
1: like i was i was like what yeah.
2: and i i went just like yell and i got saliva in my throat and i started <laughs> to choke and i was like i was like a mess i was like what the fuck is happening and i i, I wanted to call my mom and dad but i couldn't breathe like i was like, so shocked i was so genuinely shocked and i know, wasn't uh, yeah I I know you weren't.
1: No, just, I knew. I just knew. I was like, "Oh yeah, she's gonna get a six-figure deal." And again, mark my words: as we're recording this, you will land on a list. You are going to be a best-selling author. I've known it go. since
0: before. I'm
1: predicting it now. I'm calling it. <laughs> I will take that. So please yeah. keep putting that vision and juju out into the to the uh, universe because I'm I'm
2: working for it. I really, really am. I mean, I, I
0: gotta. I mean, I gotta ask, like cause this is huge and this is like the it's the kind of stuff that we talk about all the time. And I love what you said about, you know, manifesting and really like really having your yen for who you wanted to work with and, and, and what led you to that. But like right now is we're on like the back door to the release of this book and your tour and, and, the, and, and the launch, what does it mean to you personally? Um, uh, like at this point in your entire journey to, to have, to be like a six-figure author, to be like, to have gotten- First like time author. First time author.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, it's, I really,
2: you know, it's okay. I have an answer to that to that question but I want to give a bit of context. So the other day I did a, I did a story. I saw so I, Mind Body Green. I don't know Rhea, if you saw it, oh, did a- I love Mind
1: Body Green. we got yes, all this stuff
2: in there my cabinet. Meetings. amazing of course they are mine too so mind body green I don't know if you know this they released their top books for oh I saw of course yeah I was on the list and um and I did a story and I came on and I was like oh my gosh you guys I'm on this list and I was crying and I was so shocked and all these other people on it are people I've admired and I'm like so honored to be on this list with my personal heroes and I got a dm from a very, very, very loving, very supportive fan of mine who was like, congratulations, I'm so happy for you. You deserve to be on that list. Don't undermine, don't, Mm. what did he he say? He he was like, don't um, override your credibility with too much humility. And I was like, that's a fucking podcast topic. Yeah, (laughs) that's a fucking podcast
0: topic right there.
2: 100%. And so to your question, Joe, it's like, I'm just, I'm, I'm a very grounded person and I don't, you know, I I guess I put myself out there in a very big and sparkly way, but you know, my, my true self is very humble, very real. Like, so I don't really let myself be defined by, okay, I got a six figure book deal. It felt amazing. It was validating. It was abundance. It was amazing, but I, I don't really hang my hat on it. It's not Mm -hmm. like, to me, it's like, well, the real measure is going to be. Yes, how my book performs and how it sells and if it gets on a list, sure. But I really want my book to be read by as many people as possible so that I can change the world. Like I genuinely truly want that and to inspire people and to change people's lives with my book. And that will be the real, I think, true measure of my success. And Rhea, not like ultimately, but like the success with this book. And you and I, Rhea, talk a lot about like this experience of like, what's next, what's next, what's next and never really feeling like, treasuring the Mm -hmm. moment and honoring the success of what we've already created and you know it was very validating for sure but I I'm just kind of I'm kind of in that like not what's next in a way like I want to just accomplish more but I don't I don't look at it as like the thing that's going to measure my 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 ultimate story is this book deal I think that the book is a vehicle for me to really do the work that I meant to do in the world. And I would like to write another book and another book and another yeah. book. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I think this more than anything, it, it was this six, a six figure advance was this was a metaphor for the universe is dreaming bigger for you than you are for yourself. So level up you know? Yes. That was really the message.
1: Well, and let's talk about the actual writing of the book because so many people have all of these amazing ideas. 80% of people want to write a book. There's only 40,000 published authors in the world. So there's this giant disconnect there. So as the most, um, you're, you're seriously the busiest human being that I've ever met in my life. So how be. did you- I don't want to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Like I get so tired just like watching your Ugh. digital life. But um, how did you create space for yourself to write when you're also simultaneously- running a company and doing all of these other things, because that's the excuse that people use is I don't have time. I just don't have time or they're not making that time and creating that sacred space to write. So how did you write your book? How did you meet that deadline when you're so busy with other things?
2: Yeah. I mean, discipline, discipline, discipline. It's you, you have to have it. And I mean, writing the proposal, you know, I took, you know, it's dedicated, days off my schedule blocked it you know you and I went up to North Carolina for a weekend to finish it was magical um, that was all in writing the proposal and then when I got the book deal um, I had six six months to write it and I I, I set up um, time on the weekends like I just kind of worked seven days a week I would go to this really sweet coffee shop in my neighborhood on Saturdays and Sundays and chip away and then what I I had the great fortune and, and blessing to do is I went to Costa Rica, um, in November for a month, you know, I have a, a full-time staff and, you know, really amazing leadership at my company that runs my business, you know, for me and with me every day anyway. So I went to Costa Rica for a whole month in November of 2019 to really finish it and take it home. And I, I came back from that trip early December. My deadline was January 1st. I had the holiday break to kind of create some space. And then actually I had to go through my developmental edits the first six months of 2020, which was quarantine and the fucking pandemic. And so I was really working seven days a week. I mean, I, you helped me. I had to be, I, I tore my whole book apart. I cut 10,000 words. I restructured it. This was after the first draft and it was, very exhausting. I'm not going to lie. It was, I was so burned out by the time I handed that book in by yep. the summer. You
1: don't want to look at it ever again. <laughs> no, I, I was,
2: I had not, my cup was empty. Um, But you know, it's like, that's why people work so hard to promote their books and give, you know, give their launch. I see it all, all of this energy because it is such a long road and it is birthing a child and it takes, so much out of you and again kind of back to what I said it's like how badly do you want it like if you really want to write a book you're gonna you, you're gonna make the time you're gonna move mountains you're gonna seclude yourself you're going to work weekends you're gonna work at night whatever it takes and I don't know that's just yeah. what I what I did
0: it's amazing so from from beginning to end from um, you know uh, getting the proposal locked up getting your agent uh, getting the deal and writing the book, What's been the most enjoyable parts uh, of the journey and and what's been the most challenging?
2: Wow, what a great question. You know, honestly, most enjoyable parts were the writing of the book. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. yes, it was stressful and time-consuming, but when I reached a flow state, you guys know, you know, oh, oh, there's nothing like it. There isn't. It's just you channel. It like comes from somewhere else in the universe through your crown chakra through your heart into your fingertips. And I I really loved writing my book. It was such a creative adventure. Um, so that's by far been my favorite part. I think, yeah, I think you're, you know, people are, you guys probably have talked about this a lot on your show and with your clients, you're really in the dark as an author. (laughs) You are, you live in the dark, you live in the dark and you just, you know, you work six months to, scramble. They just pour all this energy into writing your draft. You send it in and then you, you hear crickets for two months.
0: You know? you're I like,
1: told you, I remember telling you about that before you got the deal, like, Oh, get ready to just be the last person to know anything <laughs> about your book. <laughs> like, it's crazy. It's crazy. There's, there's zero communication. You know, you're, uh, the publishing world
2: is you guys know this, like the back of your hand and far better than I do. It's the wild, wild West. Like every, every publisher is different, but the industry is sort of archaic, and they move like molasses, and like yep. you just, so I think getting to the point of like launch and pre-launch, just kind of just really realizing, and I knew this going in, I really did, but it, it still kind of hits you nonetheless, your publisher really isn't going to help you market your book. Nope. You do it. You It's all up to you as the author, and while that's also had I actually am enjoying it. i made the decision to actually make it fun. It's, it's like running a whole other entity, launching a book. And so I think the Joe, to answer your question, like what's been my least favorite part is just, just how overwhelming it is.
1: Mm -hmm. Like it's, it really takes all of your energy and time and it can be stressful. Well, let's talk about that for a second because you've been very intentional around preparing your book launch and the types of things you can do. And I think that's where the overwhelm comes in because- You know, if you look at your marketing strategy, for instance, in your book proposal, it's pages and pages and pages of things that you could do pre-launch, publication month, post-launch. And you're of course, no stranger to self-promotion. You've launched a million products, you've launched businesses, but do you think there is a difference between promoting a product or a business and launching a book? Um, Or do you think it's kind of the same thing? Oh, I think they're totally different actually. Yeah. I, 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 think so what's so interesting.
2: So you told me this Ria. you are like gospel in my brain. So I, everything you say, I, <laughs> I remember clearly. And you said it will, it's easier for you to sell $15,000 program yes. at your agency than it will for you to sell a $29 book Yes, because there's no scarcity. Right. And so I am a salesperson by nature and I have a really, um, you know, I've no qualms to your point about putting myself out there and self-promoting, but when it comes to a book, you are hardcore asking people to purchase a product, get out your credit card and buy. Yep. And that is a different type of marketing message. You have to be far more blunt and straightforward and like clear that this is a sell. And so I've created a handful of strategies that are, you know, you yes, there's brand awareness and there's PR and, you know, there's getting on a podcast like this and like introducing myself to your audience. And hopefully people are going to go buy my book because of, you know, this conversation, but you, you don't know, and you have no control over that. So what I've done is I've created a couple of different strategies, like where you have to, you know, I hosted an event on Sunday for the new year and you had to buy a book to get a ticket. And I made that event very attractive and pumped it up. And I had 190 people, sign up for that event. And that was 190 books. Yeah. And I was, v- and I was very unapologetic about that. Like you got to pay c- to play. And I just launched some bonuses. So you buy one book, buy five book, buy 10 books. And it kind of feels like a little salesy, slimy in a way to be like, it always does. Right. It's just, <laughs> you got to get over it. And yeah. Just, yeah do, what are you going to do? Just do but, it. Exactly. Yeah. And so those, those it's really launching a book is, an amalgamation of multi tactics that all ladder up the way that I see it into one comprehensive strategy. But inside that strategy, there are 17 different things, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you can do and should do in order for it to really go. And that's, That's what I'm, I'm in the middle of right now.
1: (laughs) And I think it's really important to realize and to remind authors, especially first time authors, you do not have to do it all in those first two weeks, the first six weeks, the first six months. This is a product that you will sell and promote forever. So really knowing that it's a long game, that you can take your time beyond that, you know, rush, 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 two week window, trying to hit a list. It, it becomes a lot more fun. And as a nonfiction author, this is a product that you get to to tag onto anything that you're doing or promoting. So it will really sell itself over time. And that can kind of like allow you to take a, a bit of a deep breath because you don't have to do it all at once. Yeah, I remind like, myself of that all the time. Go yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, why, and why burn yourself out? Especially like, you know, we've got cyclical Completely. marketplaces where things become where properties like this become relevant again or yeah or, or you know there'll be a, a, a social moment or an industry yes exactly it becomes it becomes prominent again in the spirit of promotion jess uh and we'll include <laughs> links to the show notes do you have any details about because so, the book releases next month in
1: february february in february
0: um yes. do you have any details about the launch or the tour that you yes. can let our audience know so people can uh can link up. Can Oh my gosh. I would love you. to
2: tell you all the things a hundred percent. So this is, this is all the things, this is essentially the strategy that I'm, I've built and now we're executing. So um, if you buy one copy of my book, you will get four social media playbooks, how tos. They're each about 35, 40 pages each on all things, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, plus a ticket to the opening night of my tour and a bunch of giveaways. I could talk about my tour in a second. If you buy five books, you get all that plus four brand new training videos that I've done to walk you through the, the main frameworks of the book. And then if you buy 10 copies, you get actually all that plus access to all 20 of the worksheets and frameworks and exercises from the book in advance for like your team, your company, your work, your book club. And then this is my favorite, favorite bonus. I'm going to do a five minute, send me your information, your business, your brand, your platform, whatever you want advice on. And I'm going to do a five minute video customized for you, giving you my expert opinion and feedback.
0: (laughs) Isn't that that
2: great? We, Megan, Megan Taylor, my best friend came up with that. So that's like the The bonuses are epic. And then if you also buy 10, you get access to all seven nights of my tour. So I'm doing what's called the BU tour and it's seven nights, seven different experts, influencers, celebrities, one each night. And we're creating this, it's all virtual, a different experience on Zoom. Every night, I've got Tara Stiles, who just came out with a book. So we're co-creating a promotion. It was really smart for me to pair up with other authors. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. She's world-renowned yoga teacher, we're going to do a yoga class. Um, Sadi Simone just came out with his book. We're, we're going to do, and he's with sounds true. His book is Spiritually Sassy and we're going to do tantric, a tantric dance party. Um, I've got Elizabeth April, who's a psychic medium who's blowing up and yeah, talking about like the Palladians and, and the aliens and the Galactic uh, Federation of Light. Yep. We're going to do like a whole channeling. So there are experiences, seven nights, you got to buy a book to get a ticket. And then, okay, so this was, this was my idea because I can't go on a book tour because of COVID and I want to sell books. And so if I am hosting a retreat in Costa Rica, um, right after my launch for 10 women, and we're doing a big book buy with each woman as part of her ticket for her community. And then so a give back to charity. So smart. So I'll sell a thousand books if I sell out that retreat, which I'm halfway through. Um, And well, I'm going to take those 10 women through the material live of the book and like train them and teach them how to build their brand platforms and all of the things in Costa Rica for four days. So that's the whole launch play. I mean,
1: there's a whole bunch of other little things I'm
2: doing, but that's it.
1: I mean, (laughs) and so unique, I think really having people purchase a book as a ticket. I mean, more authors need to do that. They don't do that. And I, I find that when bookstores do that, when you have to purchase a ticket and it includes a copy of the book, it is always better attended than if there's no like buy-in, you don't have like yeah. a stake in, in showing up. Um, totally. So one of my final questions is if you could really give first time nonfiction aspiring authors, any advice on this crazy journey, what would it be? Oh
2: man. Um, if you, if you want a book deal, if you want a traditional publishing deal as a nonfiction author, the publishers, the agents, they're going to look at your author platform. It's just as part of the world that we live in. So whether you hate social media or you love it, you you just have to think about your online presence your personal brand and and having that be really clear and really consistent and really active right so that the publishers and the agents know you have an audience to directly sell your own book to that's just part of i think what it takes if you want a traditional publishing deal mm-hmm. i think you know as i'm on this path to you know launching this book but even in the last year and a half writing this book take your vitamins, sleep, yeah. get your sleep, like drink <laughs> yeah. a lot of water, yeah. like eat well, yeah. like to keep your mind right. Cause it's a marathon and you really have to take care of your body and mind and spirit to, to get through it. And I would definitely give that advice. And then the last thing I'll say, which is advice I just actually gave myself. It's so easy to look around at all of these other authors that are launching their books and get all of these opinions and compare yourself and have fomo with like other people's successes and strategies and stories and you you got to block that out you have to stay focused on what works and what is right for you and really just keep your mind vigilant to stay your own course or you can just get so overwhelmed and filled with scarcity and like that's that's not good for anyone so that really would be nice. advice yeah, yeah.
0: Um, this is amazing. Um, and again, we'll link to this also in the, in the show notes. Can you just give any potential uh, listeners that might be interested in the services you guys offer at Simply Be uh, info on how they can work with you?
2: A hundred percent. Of course, come work with me, please. Um, <laughs> He's the best. <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs> um, so simplybeagency.com is our business website. And um, what we really do is, we work with entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, creatives, executives, all sorts of people from all different industries. And we really help people master their message in a very unique way that is elevating to your professional expertise and why someone would pay you money, but also your humanity and why someone would want to work with you. And then we build a strategy and a platform all around that message that really drives whatever goals you're seeking to achieve with a digital tactical roadmap that yes, includes social media, but it can also include PR core content. We really build up your thought leadership um, more than just your social channels. In fact, social is the last place we look. We really help people come alive on the internet, but more importantly in their own lives, because knowing what makes you, you, I say this all the time is, is a superpower. It can change your life when you become fully clear and embodied in what you're here to give. And that's really the value we give our clients. And so I, um, would love
1: to hear from the right way tribe. Anytime yes. reach out to me and say hi. <laughs> and how can they reach you? Instagram is at the best place? I know yeah. you have a personal website as well. And we're yep. by the book.
2: Perfect. So you can buy my book at jessicasweig.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Jessica Zweig, and you can listen to my podcast, the Simply Be Podcast and Ria. is my favorite podcast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love you. And yours is, one, yours is one of my favorites too. I feel so cool talk because I listen to you guys talk in my ears all the time to each other, to other people. And like now I'm, I'm on your show. It's like super cool. I had Ria
1: on my show back in, I think you were like episode number nine. Yeah. And I still get inquiries from people who listen to it. It's it's the power of of your podcast. It's amazing.
2: Yeah. That conversation was phenomenal. And you and I really dove deep into deconstructing how to write a book proposal in detail to get the deal. And so if you want more on that micro sort of steps, and what that document really looks like ria is a obvious master and took us through it so you should go listen to that
1: episode absolutely jessica thank amazing. you amazing so much for- you guys are amazing yeah. <laughs> i could talk to you all day this was the most fun i've had all week i'm not even joking well, good yeah. i'm so glad us to go buy a copy of b um buy out fine. february fine. february 16th correct bonuses yeah february.
2: it's february 16th and to joe's point by five by ten by five by ten give your gifts. happy Valentine's i love you guys <laughs> I love you. Yeah, give them out <laughs> all year i say give them but, out to
1: people who you believe in like, absolutely that's who you it. should there, give it to. it's a perfect gift i mean it's just a master class yeah thank you thank so you. much
0: hey thanks again for listening to the right way podcast Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review and comment and help us continue to deliver the content you want and need. For
1: more information about RightWay, visit RightWayCo.com to get more info on all our editorial and developmental services and sign up for our weekly newsletter where we'll be sharing exclusive content, access to digital courses and offering proprietary resources for aspiring and established writers.